Welcome back to the Yes Functional Longevity Podcast, where we give you insight on how to get fit, feel younger, and live better. Good afternoon. My name is Chris Border, best-selling author and owner of Yes Fitness. First, I'd like to thank you for taking time from your busy day to listen to what I have to say. Hopefully, this information will help you in achieving some success in life. A little bit of housekeeping. You can uh, catch our podcast at yesfitnessct.com. Scroll all the way down, hit the podcast button. You can watch this one or any of our other previous podcasts. Uh, you're also welcome to watch it or listen to it, I should say, on any of the normal platforms that you listened to your podcast on. So we have really one bit of housekeeping today, and that is one week from today, we will be um, doing our kickoff seminar for our drop two sizes, drop two gene sizes in just eight weeks. It is a free seminar. It's a kickoff seminar. And in that seminar, we're going to teach you and tell you everything you need to do to be able to drop those two sizes in just eight weeks. Sounds unbelievable. Uh, it did to me first many, many years ago when we first did this program. But we have since learned that those people that follow the program, and it's not a crazy program. We exercise uh, three or four times a week. Uh, we do follow a nutrition plan, but we want to create a plan that allows people to maintain it for the long haul. We don't want it's just not a diet, not something you're just going to do for eight weeks and then throw it <coughs> excuse me, by the wayside. And it's really a terrific program. It's helped thousands of people drop two sizes in eight weeks. It's uh, worldwide, actually, I think now, not just nationwide, worldwide. So if you're interested in finding out how to do that and what it's all about, give us a call or email us, text us, whatever, however you want to get a hold of us. Let us know that you want to stop by Tuesday night, the 13th at 6 p.m. And we will reserve a spot for you. And I hope to see you then because it's a great program and it's worked for so, so many people. So with that, let's get started on today's topic, which is this one behavior can lead to your success in life. Just this one thing. Okay. What is it? Uh, again, I'm going to be talking a little bit about the book Essentialisms by Greg McKeon, a book I recently read, and a few of the chapters I thought really hit the nail on the head. And uh, this was chapter, I want to say, 18, which is all about routine. Routine in an intelligent man is a signature of ambition. And... Any modern Stoic knows that the surest way to discipline passion is to discipline time. Decide what uh, what you ought to do during the day, then always doing it exactly the same way every moment, every single day, will help you be more successful. So he starts off with a little bit of um, a story about Michael Phelps. Now, Michael Phelps followed the same routine for years, really throughout his life, throughout his training and his swimming career. And we know Michael Phelps won, I don't know how many medals, a ton of medals in the Olympics. And uh, this is what he used to do, especially on race day. 
he would arrive two hours early. This was his routine. He didn't, he didn't deviate from this routine throughout his career. How he came about it in the beginning, I don't know. But uh, this is what he found to work. And because of this routine, he um, says it has a lot to do with his success. So he would arrive two hours early. Stretch and loosen up according to a precise pattern. He got in and did 800 mixer, 500 freestyle, 600 with kicking a kickboard, 400 pulling a buoy, and then some more. He did the same exact thing. And after the warm up, he would dry off and he put his earphones in and he would sit there. He would never lie down. He would just sit there. There's a massage table in the room, always massage the athletes, but he would just sit there. And he liked to have these the seats on each side of him empty to put down his stuff. And from this moment that he would sit down, he and his coach, Coach Bob Bowman, wouldn't speak another word to each other until the race was over. So during this routine, about 45 minutes before the race, he put on his racing suit. And then with about 30 minutes, he would enter the warmer pool. And he'd do about six to 800 meters. And then with about 10 minutes to go, he would walk into the ready room. And he'd find a seat alone, never near anybody, never next to anybody. Like I say, he liked to have seats on each side of them empty. So he could put his stuff down. So on one side, he'd put his goggles down. And on the other side, he put down his towel. When the race was called, he would walk to the box. And they would do what he always did. Okay. He would stretch his legs. First, his left leg. Then his right leg, he would do it straight leg, and he would do it bent knee, always starting with his left leg every time. Then his right earbud would come out. Then he'd take out his left earbud. Then he would step onto the blocks, always from the left side. He would dry the block off every single time. Then he would stand there and he would flop his arms. You always see him, see him flop his arms, arms really wide, so his, his hands were hitting the back of him, and he'd just slap around in front of him. And this routine would never change. He would never change his routine. He did it all the time. And he credits a lot of his success to doing this routine. And he made the routine simple for him to do. It's the same thing over and over again. And he also had a routine that he went through every night before he went to bed. And then the very first thing he got up in the morning, and he did this every day for years. He called it what he called a videotape. And there's no videotape, okay? But this was just his visualization. We've talked about, you know, for athletes doing some visualization work. And he would visualize doing the perfect race. He would tape the perfect race. He would visualize every single moment of that race. From being on the top of the blocks to entering the water to each turn at the wall, each and every single stroke until he emerged from the water victorious. And it's this routine that helped him so much with his success. 
And if you would ask Michael about what he was thinking about before a race, he would always say he was really thinking about nothing. He was just following his program, following his routine. And the race victory was really just a natural extension of this plan, of the routine that he had. And it helped him win numerous records, right? Numerous gold medals at the Olympics. And as we struggle, when, you know, Olympic people have a whole lot of time to, uh, to work out, right? Day in and day out. But the right to routine will make things easier for us. Not to say that it's easy to do everything in the routine, but the routine makes things and leads to things being easier and less effort. Routine helps us overcome obstacles. It overcomes barriers. It really can happen without us even thinking about it. Spend a small amount of time to get started rather than a lot of energy to get started and overcome obstacles. And that's what routines do. It makes it easiest for us to get started rather than having to really work at getting started at something. So that helps us overcome that stuff, right? Overcome that obstacle, whatever that might be. Once you started the routine, all you have to do is follow it. Again, keeping things simpler. Scientific evidence shows why routines enables different, different, difficult things to become easier. As you repeatedly do a certain task, the neurons or the nerve cells create new connections in your brain. It's the way we communicate. It's a communication gateway. They're called synapse. And with repetition, the connection of the synapse gains strength and it becomes easier for the brain to activate them. So just for a simple example, when we learn a new word, and I know for me, it takes several times to finally be able to have it flow off my tongue. You've heard me a few times stumble over words, right? Because I, my brain hasn't created that ability to say that word in my mind. And to say the word later, you activate the same synapse to be able to say it correctly. So if you say it over and over enough again, those synapses get stronger and our communication gets stronger. The same thing when you kick, when you cook the same thing over and over and over again, the same meal over and over again, or when we drive to work, okay? We don't even think about it. Eventually, it just becomes second nature to us, right? And so we, so when we're driving, we don't have to focus and really concentrate that much, although we should be concentrating on the road. Sometimes our mind will wander. We can listen to radio, do other things. Or like when we're cooking, there's times where we're just creating a meal and you might be listening to the radio, listening to a podcast, watching a t television show, whatever it might be, because it's, it's so ingrained in your head. The routine is there on how to do it. So repetition makes tasks become second nature and actually easier. And it's normal for routine. It can be difficult at the beginning, but once you overcome this and the brain learns it, it becomes easier and, and it shifts the mind. And it shifts what goes on in the mind all the way to the basal ganglia, okay? And this actually frees up mental space in your brain so you can concentrate. It puts us on an autopilot to engage in other activities without sacrificing our level of effort or concentration. 
So the brain actually works less and less and less during routine. And the right routines can actually enhance our ability to focus on other things. So let's understand something here. You can multitask, but you can't multifocus. When you multitask, or when things become a routine, okay, the brain doesn't have to work. Whereas when you're multifocusing, you need to focus. You can only focus on one thing at a time. So that's one of the great things about routine is routine, you don't have to focus. So you can be doing one thing and being focused on another and still being able to accomplish the routine activity, whatever it may be. So when we think about trying to create routines and create habits that are good because you can create habits that aren't good, right? Overall behaviors we want to change, it can be difficult because the change really comes from overhauling trigger, triggers, not the actual behavior. So a habit is made with a cue, a routine, and a reward. The cue is a trigger that tells the brain to go on autopilot, which the habit uses and then the habit occurs. Routine is the behavior itself. Then the reward that happens when the brain figures out that the routine is worth continuing. So you have the cue or the trigger. It triggers you to do something, okay, to, to, to form, to start this habit and then whatever the reward might be at the end of the day. An example he uses in the book is on your way home, as, so always on your way home, the trigger is you're on your way home from work and you go by the donut shop, you stop. That's the routine. You stop and get the donut and the donut is a reward, the taste of the donut. Or for example, the alarm clock goes off in the morning and right away you pick up your phone and you start to check your email. Or you get up on social media right away. That's that the, the alarm clock's the trigger. The phone is a routine. The reward is being able to check your emails and go through your social media stuff. But why not change that routine? So let's say, for example, we're not getting enough activity in during the day. So let's try to create some new triggers to get enough activity in a day. Because we already know that 150 to 300 minutes of moderate intensity activity is what we're looking for for our health. You just can't seem to fit it in. So how about you make a trigger when that alarm goes off, you get up and you start to walk. Or how about a trigger be every time you eat, you're going to walk afterwards. So you have breakfast, you go to walk for 15 minutes. You have lunch, you go to walk for 15 minutes. You have dinner, you go to walk for 15 minutes. That's 45 minutes a day. Uh, that'll leak 150 minutes a week, seven days a week, Right. So that could be a trigger to help you get some more activity in during the day. Let's say you're struggling with getting water in. You know that water is really important. Water is kind of our fat fluid. And we know that it's just really good for the body to drink enough water. But we can't seem to get enough water in every day. So why don't you have a large glass of water as soon as you get up in the morning? So when you get up in the morning, you know to drink some water. 
Or maybe before each time you eat, you grab yourself a big 16-ounce glass of water. 16 ounces. Make a 20-ounce glass. It'll be easier for me to figure out the math. So breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you have 20 ounces of water before you eat, which might even help you eat a little bit less. But that would be 60 ounces of water. So if you weigh 150 pounds and we're trying to drink half of that in ounces, that would be 75 ounces. There's 60 of those 75 ounces without even having to think about it anymore. You're getting ready to eat, you have a glass of water. So there's ways to work this stuff into your day with just trying to work on the triggers rather than really trying to work on the routine. We have so much to do each day, so many things that we have to do that we have to make some of these things routine. And let's just start with some easy stuff, okay? Create easy habits. I know one habit, again, I talk about this a lot. I know there's certain foods that I want to have in my nutrition, in my diet all the time. So my routine is on Sunday morning, I just crack out all these different foods that I have in my salad, um, prep my salad for the week. I know that my these there are other different foods that I want to have in my shake because it's hard for me to get in uh, kale and um, spinach and flaxseed and wheat germ. Um even some fruits, like frozen blueberries, strawberries, things like that, some cinnamon. I just throw it all in my shake. That's my habit. That's my routine. Throw it in there and make the shake for the week. I know that I like to have some chia seeds and some um, hemp seeds, hemp hearts, most days of the week. So when I make my oats in the morning, I just throw it right in there, and I know that I'm going to get it because that's just what my routine is. And I know that I'm going to get this stuff in because that's the things that I want to have in my daily nutrition. When I make my salad, it used to take me probably two hours to prep on a Sunday morning. Now it doesn't even take me 45 minutes. By the time I prep that, I prep my lunch, pardon me, my snacks, I prep my breakfast, I prep my lunch, all that kind of stuff. Because it's just routine now. I just chop, 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 go right through it. It's easy. I don't miss anything. I don't have to think about it. It's all right there and I get it done. So that's how routine has helped me. I want to get my activity in now. So my routine now is when I get up in the morning, I just go for a walk. Depending on what I think my activity is going to be for the rest of the day. Like today, I knew I was going to lift some weights. I knew that I was going to be out coaching for a few hours during the day. I only walked for three miles today. Three miles. You may say, well, only. But that's how much I want to walk. That's how much activity I want to get in. And maybe you only want to get in um, 150 minutes a week. So let's go 30 minutes every day. However far you go, 30 minutes a day. Get up in the morning, go 30 minutes. So find simple things to do. And as we talked about last week, let's build those simple things. Let's build on them. Let's gain some momentum and let's gain on those wins. Okay. And it doesn't mean that the routine needs to be boring. Okay. So for me eating, I eat the same thing all the time. Breakfast, snack, lunch, snack all the time. My shakes are pretty much the same. It doesn't bother me, but it doesn't have to be boring like that. You can decide that on Mondays, this is what my breakfast is going to be, and this is what my lunch is going to be, and on Tuesdays, this is what my breakfast and lunch is going to be, and Wednesday, this is what it's going to be. Or if I'm walking, you know what? I'm going to take the weekends off. It does Routine doesn't have to be boring. It's, it's there to help you become successful. It's supposed to make it easier. So think about what you can do to create routines and, and switch them up a little bit so that it doesn't become boring. And you're going to find more success in life. So how long does it take to create a habit? For a long time, it was, to, it was like the 28-day rule. 
it generally takes anywhere from 21 to 28 days for a new habit, meaning three or four weeks. Once you cross that three or four week time frame, hey, the habit should be in place. When we did Fit in 42, uh, we felt it was about 40 days to create that habit, okay? 42 days. But there's some recent studies now that say the 21-day habit formula is really a myth. And this is some research out of the University of College London. And it takes a little more than two months, they say now. 66 days to be exact, according to their research. And maybe as much as 254 days for it to fully be formed, okay? So I'm not an expert. I'm not going to tell you one way or another how long it takes to create a habit. What I'm going to tell you is make the habit easy, okay? And make it something that's going to be able to gain some momentum. You can do over and over again, okay? Because if we can start small, okay, habits can be deeply emotional. And you could have followed them for a long time. So let's just celebrate each little win, whether it's a daily thing, a weekly, a monthly thing, something like that, so we can gain some momentum, so we can, we can become more successful because of these habits that we've created. And that's how you're going to be successful, not just in, um, in fat loss or in exercise, but anywhere in life. You can just become more successful by creating some habits. So that's what's beautiful about our D2S program. It's eight weeks. Uh, there's 56 days. It's close to that 66-day number that they now research it to be. But we try to find some habits. We build each week, and we celebrate those things that we're able to do better one week and the next week. And we try to find easy things, things that are going to make some real big difference, and things you'll be able to maintain for the long haul. And that's why so many people do this program, because they're able to maintain for a long period of time. And they'll come back again. Some people do it two or three times, and it just kind of cleans things up, and they get a, a smaller pair of jeans, and they can fit in even better jeans, or, or just kind of keeps them on track, reels them back in a little bit. But by creating these habits, by creating these routines, you're able to find some success in dropping two sizes in eight, just eight weeks. But it, again, it could be utilized for any place in life and any any aspect of life or lifestyle that you want to try to change. So I hope this is helpful for you. And as always, if you have any questions or concerns or problems, want to just chat with me about it, make a comment or give me a call, swing by or email us. I'd be happy to help you out with this. That's what I have for you today. I want to again thank you for listening or watching. Well, how are you, how are you uh, absorbing this today? And uh, next week, you can listen to us again. We're going to have more insight on how to get fit, feel younger, and live better. Have a great evening.